We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. Testing, testing, testing the road podcaster. Testing, testing. Woo-hoo. Welcome back to the RMP. This is your host, Zach Henson, and I come to you from this itty-bitty little rebel-minded closet. And, oh God, all the good things. We're here to question all the things and create skeptical, critical thinkers to better our lives in individual situations and missions. Missions? Yeah, we'll we'll stick with missions. How are y'all doing? No, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a response. How y'all doing? Did I say y'all? Oh my God, I said y'all. What the I do some weird things in this closet by myself. <laughs> that sounds super bad. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I when recording. God, that doesn't sound any better. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome back to the RMP. It's good to to be back on here. I I I wish I need a conversation. Give me a conversation. Wish I could talk to you guys right now, but. I'm bringing someone on that I think is super fantastic. It's probably just because he comes from a world that is similar to my own, and he's actually a trainer and coach. So let me introduce you to him, and then we'll get right into this juicy, provocative, fantastic talk. Luke Dupron is a sought-after online weight loss coach for busy entrepreneurs and businessmen, as well as the host of a high-performance podcast and the founder of Live Great Lifestyle. Using his extensive training in exercise science kinesiology combined with strategies learned from a network of elite performers, which includes Navy SEALs, World Championship Fighters, New York Times bestselling authors, and many more, He has helped transform the lives of everyday men to Olympic-level athletes. Today, he helps high-achieving entrepreneurs lose 25-plus pounds of body fat through the lean body method so that their physiques, their energy, and their confidence match the success that they have in business and in life, creating such a balance. So without further ado, I present to you RMP episode number 76 with Luke Dupron. Luke, if I slayed your last name, I completely apologize. Don't come after me. <laughs> but so, so number one, as we get started, you look great in that purple. Um, <laughs> not to be, you know, 
make you uncomfortable or anything. I am straight. I do like women, but you do. You look great in that purple, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Appreciate like one of my that. favorite colors. So there you go. Me too. Um, and then second, uh, let's tell everybody who you are. I think you're interesting as fuck. I can't wait for this episode. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I can't wait to to tap into your brain a little bit. So, <clears throat> I want you to tell people who you are, and where you come from, like where, experience, where your experiences led to what you do today and uh, what you're after in the world, like what, what effect you want to take sure. in the world. Yeah, I always wish I had like a better, more exciting intro when somebody asks you like, hey, what's your background? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I had some really amazing story. Uh, but, in, you know, in the, the short of it is, uh, you know, I went to school. I was in school for business in college um, mm-hmm. with no real idea of what I wanted to do. Um, and I remember specifically sitting in an accounting class one day thinking, my, my man, I hate this. I don't like any of this. Like I, I'm, I'm not a math guy. I'm mm-hmm. not a numbers guy. I'm not enjoying this. And I started thinking about what are the, what are the things that when I have free time that I'm reading about that I'm interested in, and it was things on exercise and it was nutrition. So, um, my junior year of college, I actually switched majors, which cost me an extra year of school and joined the kinesiology department, which is the study of movement. And so I got my degree in exercise science, even there with not really a, uh, a great understanding of what I was going to do with that. But I knew I was marrying passions where I knew there was a way to impact people, which has been a passion. And I knew I had something that I was interested in that if I wasn't having to go to a class that I would be interested in picking up the book and reading about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from there, I ended up moving out to California on kind of a whim. Um, and from where? Uh, from from Rock Island, Illinois. Illinois. So, okay. Yeah. Wow, but think, think, but think, think Iowa. Every time I say Illinois, everybody thinks uh, Chicago, but it's definitely more of a Iowa look. Okay. So uh, <laughs> right on the right on the border of Iowa, everybody's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, Chicago." I'm like, "No." Nah. Um, <laughs> so I moved to San Diego. Uh, eventually, I ended up doing some personal training in a local studio, um, which was a you know a fun way to kind of get my uh, feet wet as far as interacting with people within fitness one on one. Uh, eventually was doing coaching on my own, ended up actually hurting my back. And this has been one of those, um, one of the best, worst things to have happened to me was yeah. I actually compressed a disc in my back. Ooh. And as a power lifter yourself, if you've ever had an injury like this is, it can be quite traumatic. And I ended up crawling into a rehab studio to see a chiropractor for some, who I had previously seen for an elbow issue that I got doing during jujitsu. And from here, a uh, relationship, eventually a mentorship and a job started. So um, I ended up working in this rehab studio for about three or four years. And it was a really unique opportunity because um, Sean, who uh, he'd be somebody I could also introduce you to for your show. Uh, (laughs) Great, great, great guy, um, friend of mine. Uh, I ended up having the opportunity to work with some really high level athletes up to the professional level. Um, lots of injured folks, obviously in a, in a rehab studio. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of leniency to really, um, work with people in a way that most quote unquote personal trainers never would have gotten. So I had, mm-hmm. I had a really, um, unique level of mentorship there for a few years to really kind of get into some biomechanics and some, some corrective exercise. Um, and then eventually I kind of phased back to the idea of like, I really want to help people with more of like a full, I want to call it life transformation, but um, the weight loss, helping people step into more of a fitness lifestyle. And so from there, I branched back out into working on my own, eventually into to how I do it now, which is more of an online capacity where 
yes, we tackle the exercise, we tackle the nutrition, but we also have to tackle the lifestyle. Like how do we actually implement yeah. these things? How do we create the habits? And today I work specifically with, um, entrepreneurial men, businessmen, guys who are busy. They're, they're building amazing companies, but they've kind of let the, uh, let the company take over their health and fitness. And they're realizing to be a peak performer, to really um, do the radical things that they want to do. They have to, they have to show up um, physically in, in a good place. And if, and uh, if they're not, they're going to, they're going to struggle to get what they really want out of life. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the long winded version of, of where I'm at now. Oh, dude, you should share my, my version whenever I talk to people. Uh, I think that's pretty good. So, so you do, you do online coaching with, with, kind of the the business entrepreneurs as a niche kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'll say this, you know, any of the tactical, like I've worked with and coached hundreds of women. So the tactical of really what has to be done, it's really not much different. Um, so, you know, when I think somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a woman who needs to make some, some positive changes in my health and fitness. The tactics are the same. Um, there's very little that's going to be different outside of like, obviously hormones, which I'm not tackling. Yeah. Um, that would be a doctor. Um, it's more of just who I've been resonating with, um, who I enjoy working with the most. Um, so anybody listening to this, who's a woman, you should still hopefully get some value out of, uh, out of anything. Hopefully. Oh yeah. And it, as, as an athlete and some, somebody that, that kind of has it as a lifestyle, like it's the body mechanics, you know, and, and the actual body movement, the fluidity, like it, it works the same. Like I, it's not like, you know, I talked to a female powerlifter and she has to do things completely different you know, <laughs> right, as far as exactly. the exercise realm goes. And you know, more than I do obviously, but it, you know, the way that it works is, is the same for all of us. And I think it's, I think it's great what you're doing because I know that for me, I have a crazy intrigue for the knowledge that you have, but it's only for, for myself. <laughs> <laughs> sure, like, I don't yeah, know yeah. if I could actually be a fitness trainer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the thing that I kind of want to ask you, because I don't know necessarily for myself, how it came to be, um, because I've done it for so long since I was a teenager. Do you see difficulty with helping people and maybe especially you know, these guys that are so business-based, you know, their lifestyle is kind of based around business, but you see their, their physical health kind of falling off, which would actually help them in their, their business, right? You know, mentally, physically, like their energy levels, all that kind of stuff. Do you see a disruption or like a separation between getting people to, to do the work in the gym as a lifestyle rather than it being just like this three or four times a week, week, this is what I have to do. And, and more of a job that, you know, do you have a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, you I, see there? I, I might go on a rant here. Um, oh, let's hear so <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I do think this is part of where the, f- the fitness industry actually is doing a disservice. Okay. So as somebody who is personally passionate about exercise, mm-hmm. um, and again, enjoys reading these things, I recognize that that's not the case for most people. The reality is if you want to reap the majority of the benefits of Mm -hmm. stepping into a quote unquote health and fitness lifestyle, you don't have to go to the depths that say me and you have, like, you don't have to become a competitive power lifter um, to to get many of the benefits that most of us would want. So, you know, I talk a lot about minimum guaranteed standards um, and, and minimal effective dose strategies, because again, if, you know, you're taking advice from a 22 year old fitness model who's living in college and doesn't have the responsibilities of somebody who's 
you know, again, leading a team has kids and like ha- has a whole different substantives of, of their life has a lot it's more a, priority. and responsibility. Oh, absolutely. So for those guys and gals, again, it is a recognition of, Hey, what, what is the capacity that they have to take this on and getting them to start there? But what generally will happen, and this is the, this is probably the thing that lights me up and that I find exciting about what I do is the reality is I don't care. Like it doesn't excite me if somebody loses 20 pounds, like great. That's just a number. It's now it's like, Hey, what are you going to do? And I love to see the impact that even a guy who's really busy and he's just trying to get those minimum standards in all of a sudden gets momentum and -hmm. things start to change and he starts to feel better and he's sleeping better. Now he's performing better. Now he wants to do some other things. And I always talk about one guy um, because he's a friend at this point. And I just, I love his story. Uh, A guy named Jeff, who I was coaching and uh, he was 49 at the time and he had gotten into cycling and he had done um, again, he's, he's an entrepreneur. He's, he's building a company. He's busy. And he got into some cycling and that cycling led to at one point doing a 400 mile bike ride in three days. And he'd never done wow. more than a hundred. Yeah. He'd never done more than a hundred miles. And that was a transformative experience for him. There was absolute growth potential there. And since then, now he competitively races, uh, wow. off-road electric mountain bikes. And he just got what? done with like a, a race season. And he's a, you know, a 50 year old guy. And now he's stepped into that athlete side. That wasn't probably his starting point. Well, I know it wasn't. His starting point was, hey, I just need to lose some weight and get healthy. So yeah. I think it's exciting to see where that momentum can lead to lead somebody because it happens time and time again because you feel so much better. You're performing better. You've kind of brought up the capacity of what you're capable of, and it opens up all these doors. Um, maybe it's you get into surfing. Maybe it's jujitsu. Whatever it is. Maybe it's just like, again, powerlifting. So nobody starts there, but it is amazing how many people catch the bug. No, yeah, I, I, I can totally agree. I know that for, for myself, at least that powerlifting keeps me in it because there's days that I, there's months at a time where I despise going into the gym. Um, <laughs> sure. But, you know, I know, the, I know the physical benefits. I know the mental health benefits. Um, there's a lot of benefit to it. And I think because it is a lifestyle thing, like I have something to attach to, then I can make sure that I do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So is it, is it something that people need to, because I agree, if you're, if you're just worried about the number, I think you can even hit it really hard, but when you hit that number, then what do you have? And, and it's easier to fall, fall off track maybe. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I know you, you know, this, on this. well, this is, this is the challenge for, for, uh, again, many of the guys that I work with is it's the, um, I always call it, they tackle it through a product launch strategy versus a business plan strategy okay. again, or we could put the word lifestyle on there Okay. versus yeah. like somebody will like, all right, I'm going to go hard for 30 days. And I see a lot of the all in all out. I'm going to go hard for 30 days. And it's like, who cares what you did for 30 days? Show me what you did for three months and understanding what that actual lifestyle has to be to get those benefits. You do not have to, you know, live like the rock and train twice a day, four hours a day. Like, like you don't have to do that, Mm -hmm. but by just, again, doing some minimum standards, like, man, you're going to get massive returns on that. Like that has to be the starting point, the catalyst of where somebody will get going. And it, it can stretch into more than that. 
It really can. But to, to think that the lifestyle has to be, I'm going to weigh everything I eat, I live, eat and breathe the gym. Like that's not realistic for most people. And it's just not necessary. It's definitely not where we'd start anyway. So for anybody who's like, all right, I'm going to go hit hard for 30 days. It's like, I would challenge somebody to take those same 30 workouts, stretch it over three workouts a week. That takes you to like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Now you're actually going to have some results. You're going to have some long-term strategies that are in place. You're going to have a little bit of lifestyle flexibility where you could still go out to dinner with your spouse. You still were able to have a business dinner and you were still able to stay on track or quote, stay on plan. And, and that to me is the lifestyle. Like, what can we really do in the long haul? Like talk to me in three, six, nine, a year from now, not, mm-hmm. Oh, I did it for a 21 day challenge. Yeah. And, and so I agree. It doesn't have to be based. You don't have to be the ultimate at everything. I think that's a realization that I came across was like prioritize, prioritize the things that are most important to me and do those the most, give those the most power. And powerlifting is going to be one of those consistent things for me. So say, say somebody, you know, needs the physical benefits just because they want to continue to be able to pick up their kids and, you know, play with their kids and hike with their kids and everything. That's a pretty, I thought that was a good goal, right? That's an absolute massive driver. So this is in my coaching, what we call the big why. And we do have to get mm-hmm. clear on like, hey, what are we attaching to the value of this? Um, and so again, if you're starting out, it's like you need to have, if there's no value to this, you're not going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and like we need some level of reward to this. And um, I think children is, an, is a massive driver. Actually, I recently started with a, with a guy who um, he, uh, this is actually in a, in a physical meetup. I saw him and he goes, man, he goes, I remember meeting you like two years ago. And he goes, yeah, you pushed on this muscle because this was tight. And you said something to me. I go, are you, I asked him, I said, well, are you going to be the dad that watches your kid play? Or are you going to be the dad that plays with your kid? And he goes, and the other day I went over to, I was trying to play soccer with my daughter and my back went out. And he's like, I got, he goes, and she's like four, three or four. And he's like, I got to do something about this. And that was the stimulus because it's like his idea of the relationship he's going to have to get to have with his daughter. Like that's his core driver. And so, yeah, man, like being able to, you know, be a, a better parent, being the, the older person who I was recently in um, Arches National Park and uh, hiked up to the, uh, the big main arch. And it's like, it's a sunset or a sunrise hike. We get there and all of a sudden here comes like an 85 year old couple. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's the life I want. Like, I don't want to be 50 and 60 and not be able to do anything. It's like, there's a lot to experience. And this vehicle is the, is the, this vehicle of your body is what takes you through these experiences. So, um, you do have to, I think, anchor and tether the value of, you know, what are you going to get out of this by actually optimizing the machine that, that, that allows you to, to go through these experiences. And there are some very real things again, time with your kids activities. So you do have to build that, um, that drive for sure. So, so something that we, we kind of, uh, we've talked a little bit about before that I want to dig into because it's kind of your, I mean, this is your area. What makes it such a big deal with people that are, that are, that are business, business owners or, or leaders or entrepreneurs, why is it so important for them to have all these health benefits? Why is it so important for them to have this lifestyle? Because I know that we can get so charged and so in depth about something that we kind of stop, we start losing track of the things that are actually keeping us balanced. So why do you think it's so important for these people to, to keep this in mind and to keep that lifestyle and that consistent, uh, working out and, and diet and nutritional? Why is it so important to all these guys? So for these, 
Yeah. So for, you know, the, the entrepreneurs, it's like, again, I, you know, to, it's like, do I consider myself an entrepreneur? It's like in, in some sense, but I don't run a massive business in any way um, yeah. as, as a coaching practice, but I've worked with people who, who have, and when you see what it's like to juggle and, and balance and, and again, lead teams and be responsible for, you know, somebody else's um, well-being, like family well-being financially, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there's a lot of weight on those individuals' shoulders that if you haven't been in that arena, you probably maybe can't appreciate. Like if you've always been an employee, you may mm-hmm. not recognize um you might look at the boss and see all the freedom that they have, but you might not see all the burden that they also carry. Yeah. And so, so for that individual, who's again, uh, striving to kind of building and create something that is a challenging task. Um, again, I would, I would put it on par with like, Hey, if you're going to be a parent, like that is a challenging task. You are raising a human mm-hmm. and yes, many people have done it, but it will be a challenging task for you. And there's just no question that if you can operate from a healthier position, both physically, mentally, emotionally, it's like you're going to have better success with this. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a hard one for a lot of the guys to get through their mind because they equate uh, sacrificing their or or equate they equate bringing time into their health and fitness practice as taking away from their business when the reality is they start to realize like oh wow i actually sleep better i'm handling stress better Mm -hmm. i have more energy so i'm more focused and they actually start to see that oh wow the business is actually doing better by having me operate from a better place and it really Mm -hmm. shouldn't be a surprise um again like take it to the parent right like you know how great of a parent are you when your kid kept you up all night and you're on zero sleep <laughs> versus the night where like you slept through the night and you had a lot of energy and like, which way is it going to be easier? So, um, that's the, that's the challenge and that's the, the gap that has to be crossed. Mm-hmm. Well, and I see, I see, I see a lot of it too, obviously from, from, you know, a lens where it's, it's highly prioritized to me, but I, you know, I, you see a lot of these, these big guys that like, you see them, see what they eat. And I don't understand how they can be so great at running business and not be healthy with their bodies. Cause I don't know. I feel like I'd fall apart if I didn't have my nutrition, you know, dialed in and I didn't, and I'm not perfect by any means. Like I mm-hmm. love me some dark chocolate, but, sure. uh, but, uh, it's crazy to see them drive so hard, but their physical health be so off base. You know what I mean? And I can't think of a worse uh, outcome to have happen. I mean, I think it's like Tony mm-hmm. Robbins uh, has the quote of, you know, success without fami- fulfillment is failure. And to me, it's like to to build a, you know, most business owners, they start it with the, the goal of freedom, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where so many got in the game is because they, they want to have autonomy and control and freedom. And it's like, I can't think of a, a worse experience to where, great, you have freedom, but you've physically failed yourself mm-hmm. and now you have a broke down vehicle to go through life and do these experiences. So, um, yes, there's some frustration and that's actually, you know, I've had guys share that like, man, I'm so good at doing this. Mm-hmm. It pisses them off that they haven't figured out the health and fitness thing. And yeah, some of the, some of the skill sets from the entrepreneurial mind are so useful that we can bring over and then other 
again, we have to maybe cleave. So again, the idea that like, you know, guys think, or, you know, business owners often think in quarters and like, all right, we're going to go really hard. We got this launch and they mm-hmm. go hard. And it's like, you can't sprint forever through your health and fitness. Again, yeah. this is like foundational stuff. This is the business plan of your life. Your health is a foundational piece. Your fitness needs to be a foundational piece. It can't be something that you're going to sprint through and you know, a few weeks or like, I'm going to go keto for 30 days and completely reverse this, you know, 60 pounds that I need to lose. And it's like, it's not going to happen. So part of it is pulling them back from some of the, the mindset that allows them to be really successful in business. And then in other instances, it's anchoring that same, that same skill set. We're like, it, it's a steady balance. Like we, we can use it in some areas. And then sometimes we got to pull it back and realize like, Hey man, we, we can't, we can't leverage into that. But, um, that is definitely a frustration I hear. Yeah, it seems like uh, you can get so carried away with with what you're good at and <laughs> be so freaked out about what what you're not, right? And, sure. and maybe, yeah. it's just, maybe it's just years of practice. Maybe you know, <clears throat> maybe it's uh, maybe it's intuition, you know. But it it does seem to we we don't, we're almost scared of the other realm of things that we don't understand. You know, we're intuitively really good at something and then we super suck at something else. So maybe we avoid it, you know, and just give our attention mm-hmm. to everything that makes us feel powerful and forward and, and driven and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's very humbling to, to tap into something that you're not great at and have to ask for advi- advice and ask for help or ask for coaching to help get you there. Uh, I know I definitely do that. And, and I think men a lot are so afraid to do things with help. Like they, they have this societal mindset of like, I'm supposed to be able to do it on my own. I should know all the things, you know, I should be able to yeah, pull yeah, yeah. anybody else. Right. Yeah. No, you're nailing it, man. And it's funny. Cause I see obviously, you know, through social media and, and, you know, things like Facebook, like having lots of connection where, you know, you can kind of peer into um, people's story and people, people's lives through obviously what they're posting. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do see, you know um, I see guys that I've had conversations with who have reached out and said like, okay, here's the struggle. And it's like, cool. Like, you know, like, here's what this would look like, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I can see that same guy who didn't get into action. He's got the same struggle mm-hmm. and he's still in the thralls of that. And it's like, yeah, you, you have to, again, if you can, for some people, it's funny. It's like, that would, that would be hard to humble themselves and get support but then there's other entrepreneurs and business owners or anybody in that case that recognizes like, Hey, this is a shortcut. Like I'm going to get assistance. Like I'm going to help outsource this, which again, we do all the time in other areas of, of business. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to, to, to kind of figure out. And like, that's where you mentally have to kind of check yourself where you're at and say like, Hey, okay. Like I'm not, I'm not figuring this out on my own. I need support. There is value to this. And then you got to take the leap. No. Yeah, totally. I mean, I always see it as life balance, but I maybe an easy way to look at it is like, you want to drive the Ferrari and it's got the ability, but without the right fuel and the right, without the right maintenance, like how fast are you really going to, how far are you really going to go? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and so one of the, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, I know was this three-step framework that you have for entrepreneurs. Um, and it's, you said it was to, to lose weight and improve their confidence and the energy. So can you, I think this will help people give more, get more of an idea of what you think is very important and, and mm-hmm. what that looks like getting into this. So can you, can you explain that framework a little bit? Yeah. So this is basically, you know, in my coaching practice, this is the big, the big pillars that we're going to tackle. And well, yes. Um, 
you know, we mentioned weight loss. If weight loss wasn't the goal, these pillars still stand. They're just going to be, um, they're going to be implemented a little bit differently, but basically, basically we have to build, we have to fuel and we have to move. And these are going to be the, the three kind of non-negotiables. So as far as build goes, we do need to build lean muscle mass. And this is going to come through just some basic foundational, you know, structured workout plans. Um, again, for the busy guy, it's like, believe it or not, you could do some of this at home. You don't have to, again, like you don't have to go become the power lifter. Um, you, you know, I personally, I've worked out, uh, for the last five years at my house on a home gym and just recently got a, a gym membership. Cause I was tired of being locked down with COVID and I was like, all right, I'm going to go get it, get into a gym. Dude, but I'm impressed do- with some of the stuff that I see you do at home, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> now cool. again, I, I have maybe more equipment than the average person starting out, but there's no reason. And again, particularly for time strap people, it's like, great adjustable set of dumbbells. We build a home gym and we can, we can build it out that way. Um, mm-hmm. but we do need to have a build phase. And I think this is where a lot of guys make a big mistake here and they get into working out and they're under this impression that they're exercising to burn calories. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that exercise doesn't burn calories, but it really doesn't need to be the focus. The focus isn't to just race through as many things as you can do to burn as many calories as possible. It's actually to build a level of foundational strength. Mm-hmm. It's to build strength to support your movement patterns and to prioritize maintaining your lean muscle mass while you lose body fat. So we are trying to maintenance or build lean tissue through exercise. This can be done generally like anywhere from three to five times a week. You know, there's might be times in your life where it's like, man, you're only getting it in twice a week. And that's okay. Because again, there's going to be seasons of, of life. Um, and again, if there's a crazy business project that's going on, great two workouts, then we have to fuel. We absolutely have to systematize and audit our intake. And, you know, it's funny, everybody has different challenges, um, which one of these is going to become the, the most uh, difficult for them. Um, and as far as with the fuel phase, we need to, again, um, systematize, figure out what we're eating, and then we do have to audit how much. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to track everything that you eat on, say, My Fitness Pal. Great tool. Works for some. If you're data-driven, use it. For other people, perhaps it's a framework like hand measuring, um, hand measuring meals using portion control strategies. Other people, it could be photo journaling, but we need to have basically what we're spending calorically. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece, uh, and I guess I would say the big mistake that everybody makes there is they jump into the idea that a specific diet is going to be the answer to that. Now, this comes from, unfortunately, terrible marketing, but this is where someone will be convinced that, Hey, I'm going to do keto because keto does something special to help me lose weight. I'm going to do insert blank diet. It does something specific to help me lose weight. When the reality is that the, the, the caloric load is going to be the biggest determinant of your weight loss or weight gain. And you can choose the tool that you insert to create that. So if you like keto, if you like high carb, like we can make it work. Um, and then the last piece is the move phase and the move phase, believe it or not, for a lot of the entrepreneurs, this is a really challenging, uh, piece because these guys really are busy, but we have to recognize that being sedentary, being stuck at a desk is incongruent with your body's expectation as just a human animal. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, even right now, like oftentimes when I'm doing a podcast, I would actually pop my stand up desk up, but today I'm, I'm sitting and I know I'm going to be at the beach later and swim in and, but the reality is we cannot sit all day. And um, for many guys or and gals, again, who are kind of in the grind, it's like they might you might find that like if you do an audit on your step count, it's like, wow, you only got fifteen hundred steps in that day. And it's like we have to bring that up. This is where people are going to start trying to do cardio, which if you like a treadmill, use it. But if you don't, there's other ways that we can bring this up. 
through play, through habit, through routine. Again, every time, like as an example, hey, every time you take a sales call, let's put the headphones in and we're going to pace in the office. Sounds silly, but at the end of the day and the end of the weeks, the difference between somebody who's say getting 1500 steps versus somebody who's progressed up to 10 or 15,000, mm-hmm. that calorically is going to actually be very impactful. Yeah. So this is again, where it's habits, it's routines, it's actually being purposeful with our time off and what we're going to do. Um, and honestly, for some people, it might be as crazy as like, okay, cool. Treadmill desk. Like you're going to buy the you know, it's like, I forget how much it costs. It's pretty expensive, but it's like, you're going to use it for the next 10 years. Like if you were stuck at your computer for 12 hour days, great. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy this cube. It's not a regular treadmill. It's like a cube. So it fits under your desk and you're going to shuffle along at two miles per hour because calorically that's going to give you like 650 calories to work with that you normally wouldn't. And so there's absolutely ways to get it, but those are kind of the three main pillars, build fuel and move. And when we do them all synergistically, an amazing thing happens. All of a sudden this weight loss or this health and fitness routine, it doesn't have to feel really heavy and um, intense because it all fits within what you're doing. If you think you're going to get there by, okay, I got to work out every day and then I'm going to go do cardio at night and then I got to meal prep all my foods. And it's like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're going to, you're going to burn out 14 days later and say, ah, this diet didn't work. (laughs) No. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's important to to understand that small scale stuff, um, and, and see how it can kind of, it might get you to a point in this, in the small term, you know, in, in the, in the short term goal. Uh, but where's the longevity, I guess that's the way I think of it is like, I still want to be moving at 85. Like, like that guy was, you know, Hell out, yeah. out in that park. Like I would, I want to be able to move like that at 85. So what do I need to do? Um, and a couple things, uh, that I, I'm curious about just because, you are the the man of knowledge here. Um, I th- I think that a lot of people almost convince themselves that doing a lot of working out leads to injury. Like I've gotten injured in powerlifting. You know, it was because of particular situations. Um, but it you're actually pretty susceptible to injury if you're if you don't move your body right. Like if if you oh, obviously yeah. if, if you don't you know, fuel yourself well too. But like, if you're not moving your body, it's, it's, it's like your muscles can't keep everything tight and compact and like ready and, and stimulated. And, uh, maybe you have more of scientific approach, <laughs> approach to that. Sure. So, you know, I too have hurt myself and, and radically hurt myself. Um, and again, it was poor programming, poor application, mm-hmm. um, back squatting with improper rest, kind of CrossFit style. There was some box squats involved. And in retrospect, it's like, yeah, you idiot. What were you thinking? Um, I've torn, I have no ACL in my knee from training MMA, probably not a health activity, right? Getting kicked in the head, not a health activity. Um, so I do think it's important that we separate sport from health and, you know, again, at a certain level, a power lifter may be trending into that sport side to where the the risk for injury obviously is going to go up when you're deadlifting, you know, PRs of your four, five, 600 pounds or whatever it is that you're probably pulling. Mm -hmm. That said, mechanically, many of the movement patterns that are going to be used from a strength standpoint, they get to fall into just movement patterns. So, you know, a deadlift is an extremely valuable quote exercise to build foundational strength in, but it then needs to translate over to the real world, which is every time you bend over to pick up your kid, 
you're going to use that same hitch, hip hinge mechanics. Now, if you've built a level in, of strength and neuromuscular control, like your brain to your body, like you've, you've, rep, you've done enough repetitions of that movement, you're not going to go up to your three-year-old daughter, grab the floor, pull in the abdominal wall, create some hip tension, scapula is retracting the press. <laughs> I'm hinging down. I'm, I'm yeah. spreading the floor. You're not going to go through your powerlifting cues, yeah. but what you will have naturally is a very good, just hip hinge that makes sense to your body innately. And you will just hip hinge and pick up your daughter mm -hmm. and, or your, or your son, and you will use your glutes drive through the, through the, through the floor and you're, and you're going to lift. And like, that's how you move. If you've built strength through an exercise, like a split squat, which for me, this is a foundation that's actually going to protect my, even myself who has no ACL, man, I have to have that movement because every time you get up off of the floor, if you're sitting on the floor, again, watching TV, playing with your dog, when you go to get up, guess what you're doing? A split squat. And if you don't have strength to support the positioning, and I mean the positioning of say the arch of your foot and your ankle, this is where like the, the, uh, all the corrective exercise dork in me wants to come out and you don't have say core strength to keep your pelvis stable, meaning like your glutes aren't strong enough, your transverse abdominis, your deep abs aren't strong enough to keep your pelvis where it should be. That force won't be generated. And you're going to see something like a knee go valgus where the knee will pull oh, in. Yeah inward. And now you're at risk for a, say a medial uh, or a meniscus injury. So having a, a base level of strength, and we can talk about, you know, what does that strength really have to be like? Do you got to be able to pull a 500 pound deadlift? Probably not. Like that's probably not necessary for most people's real world application of strength, but like you're going to bend over and pick up the cooler full of ice and, and you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you better have some level of strength. So I think smart exercise should build foundational strength in real world movement patterns that to me are joint saving. So as somebody who has had a significant back injury, has no ACL, I'm going to beat the shit out of myself through jujitsu. I, I recently last before COVID tore a meniscus and MCL on my left knee. I am able to do most things because I do have some foundational strength through some specific patterns of movement that support the system. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a question of like how strong is strong, right? Like, do we all need to be hitting one rep P, uh, PRs on exercises? Probably not. That probably lends to sport. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think, uh, I've, I've been in motorcycle wrecks. I've been in situations where, where things are heavy out in life. And that one particular motorcycle wreck that I had last year, I'm pretty sure because of my ability and what I do in the gym, it kept me from dislocating my shoulder or tearing something because it flipped me over hard and, yeah. and it hurt. And, you know, when it comes to, to regular things in life, um, the way that I squat and the way that I, I lift weights, I think, you know, it, it, it holds you together and keeps you from being injured in situations where you, like, you don't even think about possibly getting injured anymore. Like your body responds well, and you know, you don't have any weird strains or anything like that. And, um, I think it, it almost keeps you safer, you know, oh, for and, sure. And, yeah. and, and when you want to talk about like, you know, there's rapid aging events, right? Injuries are going to be rap a rapid aging event. So again, like when I tear, tear, tore my knee, like that's a rapid aging event, like the potential for osteoarthritis that's there. Um, that said, 
the best way you can protect again, joint health is through good movement patterns. And that can't be done if you do not have the strength to get there. Now you also obviously need a level of mobility. And this is a challenge for many people who do spend a lot of time at the desk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and, and again, trying to do some powerlifting like you're doing, those are going to be exposed to you pretty quickly. And you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to recognize, okay, like, yeah, my thoracic extension sucks and I have to work on this. Whereas maybe the average person just going through life, they don't recognize some of the postural dysfunction that's starting to take place, the forward shoulders, the forward head. um, And it's a very slow progression. And you will see, I was, you know, I always kind of say this, like you don't see old 90 year olds with like their head falling backwards. Like we are all transitioning kind of into that forward hunched over position. And, you know, sarcopenia is real. This is the breakdown of muscle mass if it's not maintenanced over the years. And obviously, as you get older and as a male, as testosterone fades, like these are natural processes, but you can exacerbate that again through poor movement patterns. So you're not activating the tissue. And if you just don't have the capacity to get there because you're tight. So, you know, the desk does create a specific challenge. Um, and you just have to recognize that, hey, you know, when we're sitting here and again, if you're, if you're sitting down right now, and you look at your leg, you could, or your torso to your thigh, it kind of makes an L and we would call that hip flexion. We are stuck in a lot of hip flexion a lot yeah. of time. And we just have to recognize that, Hey, my body would normally not, you know, before the advent of computers and driving and chairs and all the office work, we wouldn't sit in this level of hip flexion for this long. Well, that just means we need to make sure we maintenance that and stretch that out and go into some hip extension. Mm-hmm. And so it's more of, I think, offsetting what the new world is putting our body through from a mobility standpoint so that you can still have the capacity to access your tissue so you still can have strength because strength is going to be what's, again, going to carry you through through the world. Um, and again, I put that caveat with like, well, how strong is strong? We probably don't need to get into the, uh, again, like not for you, you're in the sports side, but for the yeah. average person, like you don't have to get to the sports side of lifting. But man, if you can't get up off the floor, like you want to talk about what makes somebody old, like what makes somebody actually old outside of their years, their health declining, like their, their internal health, but then also the, the, the physicality and the the muscularity of like, you can't get out of a chair. Like Mm -hmm. you got to do the rock and the push that's strength. That's a strength and mobility issue, right? And we want, we want to try to stave that off as long as possible. So we get to be that 85 year old who hikes to the, you know, to the sunrise uh, cliff. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what we all want. Hopefully. Well, yeah. Sorry, I think rant. No, 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 no. I think it's good for people to hear um, because I, I think that you're onto something when it's almost like a separation of, of definitions. Like no, my version of strength is not necessarily like a lifestyle version of strength and like knowing that strength by definition does not mean that you are in a sport does not mean you need to be strong enough for a sport or anything like sport is there and strength is specific to sport right so if you're not in one then maybe strength needs to be fine be defined as something that is inclusive of of what you do and what you're saying is like being doing it so that you understand and recognize the patterns that are kind of deconstructing you in the modern world, you know, it's like we have our, our evolution or bi- evolutionary biology against modernism, you know, and what we do <laughs> yeah, today, like yeah. we, we have to offset it somehow. It's, there's no way yeah. around it anymore because we don't move like we did 500 years ago. Oh yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I love, dude. That was that was. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to write down how you said that. That was fantastic. What? <laughs> um, you might have to listen back through it because I'm not gonna be able to <laughs> to, to re-say that. But uh, um, I know that you talk about physical challenges and how it's actually building resiliency and confidence and pushing you through your comfort zone. I know, I know, I know, I know. Especially from powerlifting, is like the uncomfortable zone is where you need to go. But from from your standpoint how important are those physical challenges? Because it sounds like it actually affects us hugely mentally as well. Yeah. And, and, and that's where it is. And this is where even myself, I do struggle to ride this, um, delicate balance. So mm. personally, I am a health first fitness, second person, okay. meaning again, like I mentioned, you know, training MMA back, uh, years ago, I never fought. Like I've always wished and wanted and like would have liked to have taken a fight. But the reality is I'm scared of getting hurt because I value my health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to be a health first fitness second person, but the growth potential from doing physically challenging things, which brings about a little bit more of a physical risk. It's a delicate balance because there is so much growth that comes from the mental side. And again, you've probably, you've seen this again in your powerlifting. I've seen it in, again, my exercise routines and, and, you know, I always say, uh, exercise is the easiest form of personal development to, to prove that a growth mindset is, is real because you take something that's hard. You practice at it over time. You become more proficient at it. You get better. And then you realize, wow, I can now I have a new capacity and then you can do the same thing again. Like it translates, it translates. And so you recognize like, okay, I can do this hard thing. Like if I apply myself and I push and I work, like I will get better at, at this thing. And I've used that in so many other areas. Like, again, it could be like, I'm, I'm scared of public speaking. Okay, great. But I know that if I work at this work hard, I will see a result. But with the physical, there's something amazing about actually seeing the physical result. So again, when a guy does lose 20 or 30 pounds, it's like staring him in the face of like, wow, there really is a response. Like, holy shit, I'm looking at this thing. Yeah. So the, the, the physical challenge side, man, where you can find that point of like, man, I don't feel like I have this. I, I'm struggling to do this. I don't know if I can. And then you can break through that. Oh, man, that's a beautiful place. And probably one of my favorite ways that people can. So, again, the, the, the guy with the, the cycling guy, fantastic example. He had done one century ride. So one 100 mile ride. And then he signed up for this three day, 400 mile ride by himself. And, you know, he's obviously, I don't say nervous about it, but he's, you know, like, man, am I going to be able to do this? Like, yeah. and then once he does it, it's like, boom, done. He's like blew that ceiling off. And it's like, that's a new floor. And again, it can lead to the next level. So one of my favorite ways that somebody can step in and try to leverage like, okay, well, how do I actually use physical challenges safely? So I don't get hurt, but I can get some of this mental growth potential from this. So I can find those ridges where I don't think I can do it and I can exceed. And one of my favorites is rucking. And, you know, I will say this again, get your foundational levels of strength and health in first before you're trying to, you know, go, you know, challenge yourself and and break yourself off physically for the mental. Like, you know, again, if you need to lose 30, 40, 60 pounds, like go, go tackle that, like get that done, lay the foundational habits, get the lifestyle built out and then step into this piece. But I love, you know, like rucking is an amazing tool. And I think it's a very safe one. And it can be something as simple as it could be with body weight. For me, it's going to be generally like, say like a 50 pound pack I'm going to throw on and I'll use a park right by my house. And it's like, I might only go do a mile, 
and it might be the same little loop I do. And it's like, all right, today you have to get five. And there's only one rule. You can't stop. I can walk, but I can't stop. And in every section of this little loop, I at least have to run five steps. So then I find myself shuffling those five steps and maybe it turns into six or seven. Mm -hmm. And then the next time I come back, it's like, I've set that. I have a minimum standard. I know I can do five. So when I show up and I think, I'm not feeling it today. I don't think I have it. Yes, you do. You've proved it. You have proof of concept. Now let's exceed it. And you hit that wall where you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm done. I can't, I can't do another one. It's like, do another one. And like, this is your opportunity to expand the capacity of what you are capable of. And you have a very acute little moment to make the mental decision of like, do I do another lap? Mm-hmm. And so something as simple as that, right? Like for some guys, like again, jujitsu, you know, when you first start jujitsu, you're just going to get mauled and it's horrible. And you know, like that's going to be a growth. Po- yeah. That's going to be a growth potential there for you because you know, you might be a big, strong guy and you go in and just some, some little ninja just chokes you out, you know, <laughs> over and over. Even in glad. <laughs> yeah. And, and so again, these physical challenges, I think offer an amazing opportunity to expand again, our, our overall capacity of what we think we are capable of doing. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's easy for me to think about because I know how it hits with powerlifting. You get to a point where the newbie gains are fantastic. You know, uh, the first, <laughs> yeah, when I yeah. first started powerlifting, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so strong. And totally. then it starts to level off and you get excited about five pounds or you get excited yep. about two and a half pounds. Um, and you know, that almost becomes the obsession is like, how much further can I make that in regards to my body weight and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, without getting too carried away about trying to be like 120 pounds when my healthy is like 145, you know? Sure. But, but there is this, there is this mental game where you have to do the little things in order to like, it's almost like just belief. Like if you can just act on it, even if you don't believe it, getting under a weight in competition, like that's the whole goal is to get under a weight that you haven't done before and see see if your body can do it. And it's yeah. one of the most intimidating things I've ever done in my life because so much goes through your head at that point where you're thinking, is this going to crush me? Am I going to embarrass myself in front of a bunch of people? Am I going to get injured? And the the energy on a platform is, is never the same as the energy that you have in the gym, no matter how much pre-workout you have. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just not the same. But I, there's a motivational speaker that I listen to. I just really like the way that he does his videography and his audio. But he says, if you had to fill a pool and you were doing it with a bucket and you filled it to the point at which you thought it was full, could you have added one more bucket? Mm. Right. And um, I think it's one of those things that sticks in the back of my mind of like, is there a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Like, it, it's amazing what it does to you mentally when you push yourself just those little bits and you start to see the, the benefit afterwards, whether it be weeks or months down the road, maybe. Yeah. And, and, you know, this isn't, I think the only way to do these types of growth work, right? Like again, going to, um, Toastmasters, if you're afraid yeah. to speak in public, like absolutely go do that. Um, but I think there's something about harnessing the physical that is mm-hmm. specifically um, impactful. Again, I've used other, I do other like goofy things for, again, my mind um, that aren't in the physical to, to also to, to create these kind of growth challenges. 
but man, the, the physical, I've just seen it in, in so many people. And again, it could be like starting out. It's like, Hey, just getting three workouts in and like losing some weight. Like that is the physical challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but man, yeah, it just, it, the carryover really is there. Um, this is what is, is again, is exciting to me is a client again, who loses like 20 or 30 pounds. Like that's fantastic. And I'm, ex- I'm excited for them, but it doesn't light me up near as much as the, it's kind of like them 2.0. It's not just that they lost 20 pounds. Like, Hey, look at me. I lost 20 pounds. It's now that how they feel, how they're thinking about themselves, how they think about what they can go do next, whether they even take it into another sport, like they get into powerlifting or jujitsu, or they want to do like the crazy bike ride. They just now are at a, they just, again, it's like they have a, they have a bigger ledger to work with in life now. And they can, they can point that in any direction. Again, for a lot of guys, it's going to be just back into the business, right? Um, mm-hmm. For other people, it's going to be like, man, do my relationships are better. Like again, to, to be a better parent, like how exciting is that? So it is, it's just expanding the capacity of what you're able to do. And the physical is such a beautiful tool to, to leverage. Well, jumping back into that, just because I'm, I'm curious what you think out of um, the differences between these things. So I, I do, you know, I try to do as much self-development as I can too. Like it doesn't include the physical. Obviously I have my own conditioning on that, but um, you know, what I read, what I take in, you know, mm-hmm. people that I follow, you know, all the, the habits and uh, my my affirmations to myself and like what I try to prove to myself. Um, it all does good things, but there's almost something uh, automatic when it comes to the physical, like you all of a sudden feel more attractive to other people. You all of a sudden feel more powerful in, in different parts of your life. Like, um, I think the translation is really well, or it happens pretty, pretty significantly without being too much of a struggle mentally. Like it, it, I don't know. I think I, because I, it's go ahead, go ahead. I'm I, was like, I think, I think a mm. lot of it, I, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm curious if this is what you're trying to articulate. I think a lot of people, again, if you're not doing it, you're not at baseline, like again, getting healthy and fit. Like we have to recognize like that should actually be the norm. So like, if you're not there yeah. yet, you are like, it's kind of like, like you'd be, say you're somebody who chronically just sleeps three hours and you didn't know that like, man, if I slept eight hours, holy cow, yes. how much different I feel. If you again, haven't put the foundational pieces and you, again, those that, that build fuel and move. Like if you don't have these things, these things set in a lifestyle approach, it's like you are under reporting and underperforming from what really should just be baseline. So again, being, in my opinion, like having a moderate level of fitness and, and being healthy, like that should be normal. So if it's not like, you probably don't realize like how terrible you feel because <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's normal to you now, but if we can just bring you up to like doing some of these habits, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I feel incredible. Mm-hmm. And this is where some of the momentum comes and, and, and it's really just getting people up to that baseline of health and fitness and everything opens up because it's like, now you're actually where you're supposed to be. Now you're like a functioning human. <laughs> you're the guy who has eight hours of sleep. Your eyes are big now. And now you can tackle the other stuff. No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree that, that I'm glad you brought that up and said that because that sounds more clear than what I was trying to do. Um, but I have, uh, I, I think one of my biggest difficulties was sleep and I have this, I have this aura ring and mm-hmm. once it helped me gauge what my sleep actually was, it changed the way that I did other things, but the, 
you know, the way, the way that the way that I eat, you know, how close I eat to, um, to bed, like, um, the, when I have caffeine during the day, like when my best time of sleep is like the amount of sleep that matters. Um, but what it really, really did is it, it gave some stabilization because I had my highs and lows, but it actually smoothed things out to where things feel pretty consistent throughout the day because I've had good sleep. Mm -hmm. So, so I know that the big thing that I really want to talk about, which I think that you have a lot of, uh, you, you really want to make sense of after I saw one, an article that you did was that there's, I usually don't say that there's a right and wrong about things, but I think there's definitely a right and wrong here. You know, of all these common mistakes that are built around exercise and diet and supplements and all this stuff. And it's hard for people that don't know to see the problem with this stuff. So the fad diets and the, you know, the quick fixes of all, all the training and everything. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, it's a man, this is where I have, again, like a love hate with the fitness industry. And I've often yeah. kind of felt like, like a little bit of an outsider, um, in that what's marketed and presented to the average person is again, maybe from the lens of someone like myself, who's very passionate about this, or again, someone like yourself who's in sport and is very mm -hmm. passionate about it. And again, we have these great intentions and it's like, mom, work out all the time and eat perfect and blah, blah, blah. Like that's one side of the coin. Mm -hmm. Then the other side of the coin that gets presented is through marketers who are taking advantage and they are absolutely marketing complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. Excuse my language. No, go ahead. Because they're chasing the dollar. And so we see this in the form of, uh, and again, the, both of these things are so, so interesting to people because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just work harder. That'll get me there. Or, oh, here's the, again, shortcut. Oh, look at all these amazing before and after transformation photos. This, this pill has to work. And so in general, you know, if, if you're coming across something where it's like, if it is being presented as the tool or the solution in isolation, whether it's like a piece of food or a supplement, like massive red flag, massive red flag. I don't care how good the marketing is. There's not going to be a specific supplement that is going to expedite results on either side of the coin, whether that's to gain weight or whether that's to um, lose body fat outside of obviously steroids do rapidly um, make some improvements. So, you know, that's yeah. a different conversation. So <laughs> outside of illegal drugs, um, but, but recognizing, you know, most things are going to be tools that are being disguised. Most things are tools disguised as solutions. And we see this in the mm -hmm. diet community all the time to where again, like keto, if you're considering doing keto and you're going to do or carnivore or vegan or any specific diet, and you're doing it with the idea of I'm doing this to lose weight, you have a misunderstanding of what's happening. That is the tool, but the actual mechanism of weight loss is going to be a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. Now you could grab keto diet, vegan diet, and you could get into that calorie deficit however you want with one of those. But that's not ever how you see those presented. You see presented keto as, no, keto specifically does something to make you lose uh, weight. Yeah. Vegan specifically does something to lose weight. And the reality is there's many people that lose weight on both. Mm -hmm. So if it's being presented to you as the solution, like probably need to steer away. We see this all the time in supplements right? Like, I mean, across the board and particularly on the weight loss side. So you just have to be really um, aware of if there's anything that is 
like the massive red flag. If it's like, this is the thing, <laughs> like there's not one thing that you're missing that you're going to take or do that's going to have this radical change. Mm-hmm. But the sad thing is there are thousands and thousands and thousands of ads that are going to have you believe that. And you just, you got to fight it. Like, which is hard because man, the ads are good. The marketing is good. The manipulation is good, mm-hmm. but you just, you just have to, you just have to recognize that there is no quick fix. There's nothing that's going to happen in 14 days. Mm-hmm. That's going to radically change your physique period. But somebody will sell you that lie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's like, you know, if, if you think that, I don't know, it, it's a mental game too, right? Like the, the, the marketing has, has psychologically messed with you. Like they, they know the statistics, like they know how to psychologically mess with you. Oh yeah. Um, I, I say mind fuck all the time. So, um, it's, it's very real and there's never really a shortcut. The, the best mess methods in my opinion are, you know, sticking to the basics of what I know for me personally, you know, it's, it's what works. It's like, I know that I base whole food before supplementation. I do, I do take vitamins. I do use some supplements, but it's more based around my training. And I start with whole food. You know, I want, I make sure that I try to get seven and a half hours of sleep or eight, if I can. Um, I make sure that I'm trying to keep myself away from stress as much as I can. And I try to make sure that I eat or I try to drink as close to a gallon of water I can as, as, as I can a day um, for my body type anyway. And, you know, beyond that, it, it comes down to, you know, what are, what are the things that I need dialed in to, to gain more weight or to be a better lifter or to be more progressive or, or whatever. Um, I don't exact, exactly expect to have a six pack as a power lifter just because weight kind of helps me <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, maintain. But it, it seems like the marketing is trying to, exactly what you're talking about is shortcut everything. And they're, you know, psychologically make you think that you're going to be able to, to get to this thing and then maintain that thing just because of what they're trying to sell. And by the time you figure out that it didn't work, even if you did lose the weight, but you feel like shit, or you instantly gain the weight back, like you've already bought the product. Yeah. I mean, anybody can crash diet somebody down. Yeah. Like that's not hard to do. Like, I mean, just it's it's called starving yourself. Like you can crash diet down and lose weight. Like, great. Can you keep it off? Um, you know, what's interesting when I listen to you describe kind of like what you have to do, nothing that you described was radical in any, in any stretch. Again, Mm -hmm. the powerlifting side could be again on the, the more intense side than maybe everybody needs to do, but like, wow, like you're, you're such a radical guy, man. You're getting seven and a half hours of sleep, right? You're like, you're trying to drink water and you're eating whole foods. Here's the problem. That's not sexy. So you can't market that. And again, it's the extremes. So like right now, 75 hard is extremely popular. Now, which, which one is that? I have, so 75 hard, I, there's actually some stuff I absolutely love about it. 75 oh. hard is, um, again, I see tons of entrepreneurs getting into it. Um, it's basically 75 days straight of okay. two workouts a day. One can be a 45 Damn. minute. Yeah. One can be a 45 minute walk, which in my opinion, I think it's very smart mentally to move walking out of your brain as exercise. Like you don't need to correlate that to exercise. That's just human movement. Go do that mm. for fun. Go smell the flowers. Take, take, you know, like yeah. you don't, to, you don't have to put that in that camp. Um, it's a, it's a, you choose the diet, whatever diet that you're going to do. So you don't cheat on it for 75 days, no alcohol for 75 days, a gallon of water for 75 days, some personal development reading and, uh, something else for 75 days. So again, I, I, I love like the, the personal development. I love like the structure. It's great. But the reality is for like most people, if you're just starting out, which again, I can't tell you how many 
people I've seen that have reached out to me. And I'm like, oh, you're starting the fifth round of 75 hard. And like, oh, okay, you're doing this to lose weight. That's the goal. Okay. So you haven't lost any of the weight yet because you can't take and you can't do this. You're not, you're not sticking to this. Mm-hmm. When the reality is like a everyday workout plan for most people, to me, it would be actually suboptimal from a programming mm-hmm. standpoint. Actually building in some rest days, some recovery days to take advantage of your training would be more productive. So again, the outcome is probably going to be shortchanged. Again, people have m- massive uh, transformations on these, which is great. But for those who don't, it's like, oh, I'm going to try it again. And it's like, we like the intensity of that extreme mm-hmm. or again, the flip side of, well, you know, maybe I'll try this pill, this pill I saw advertised, but what's never marketed in the middle, which what you just described, and it's cause it's not sexy, but I was with a friend and, uh, and he's a, he's a client. We were actually at a dinner and we were with uh, a Navy seal and I was, I was talking to him and he, and my buddy has brought this up many times. He goes, I remember when you said, he goes, I'm, that I told him, I go, I'm unimpressed by somebody who can do something for 30 days. Show me you can do something for three, six, or like nine months, even if it has that built-in break, right? Like I'm more impressed if you could do three workouts a week for nine months than if you did 30 in a row. Like, yeah, I get it. You can like buckle down for a 21 day challenge. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's like, so that that in between what you just described of, Hey, I'm getting my rest. I'm not having stress. It's like, that's not sexy. Good luck marketing that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. That's, right. Like that's the challenge I deal with. Right. Right. Is that I'm, I'm actually bringing in some foundational lifelong habits and stuff. So, um, yeah, I love that you have those core things down. And when you, when you spoke about them, nothing you said felt heavy, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I drink, I eat mostly whole foods. Like, yeah, I'm eating, uh, uh, I'm drinking a gallon of water on most days. Like that didn't feel like this very heavy thing. Like, I bet you can do that. I bet you're gonna be able to do that forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be. Now there might be, there might be times where you step into some intensity during the powerlifting season where you're like, man, I'm really going to buckle down. We're getting after it, but you've got your base, you've got your foundation set. And that foundation was not heavy. It didn't take away from your life. Like it's, it's what's elevating it. Yeah. Well, something that, um, that I hear the elite powerlifters talk about consistently, and it's not something that we all recognize because like you were saying, like it's, um, it, it, it's not sexy is that they say your, your consistency and your avoidance of injury is what makes you elite. And one of the biggest things that I found was that my rest was huge because I always thought like the more intense, the more breakdown of the muscle, the more, you know, the more that I'll eventually be able to do, but I wasn't taking, I wasn't prioritizing the rest part of that. And Mm -hmm. I, I started trying, trying to pay attention to what my body was telling me. And if I needed an extra rest day, I had to mentally argue with myself about whether I was supposed to be in the gym or whether that day off was going to be better. (laughs) And even if I just need to do like some active recovery, maybe that's better. And my, my ability to be tight and consistent in the gym and actually move my weights up was huge. Like yep. when I actually started paying attention to rest and recovery. Well, that's because you stepped into kind of like that, the professional mindset, right? Like, oh, I don't co- professional powerlifter. Yes, sir. No, no. But like in your, in your mind, like you're <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. like a, you're thinking like a pro, like the amateur is the guy who's going to like fall into the, Oh, I just got to go and keep going and go hard. And it's mm-hmm. like, 
you know, again, that's the amateur's mindset. The pro recognizes that actually the way forward through this is to, to prioritize the rest and recovery and not let his ego get in the way and say like, oh man, I'm being a wimp. I'm not in the gym. Yeah. And, and that is difficult. That's difficult for me. Cause again, I like to go get the workout cause it makes me feel good. I get the endorphins, but to recognize, yeah, maybe I need that sleep today. Active recovery, like you said. So, mm-hmm. um, that's a challenge for sure. But again, I think that's more of a, of the pros mindset. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the, and the proof is in the pudding, right? Like you saw your lifts go up and it's like, okay, great. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's been, uh, a quite the journey. Um, how, can I ask how, so how, uh, what's your, uh, how much do you weigh? You're a smaller guy, correct? Uh, I compete in this 66. So it's 145. Okay. 145 pounds. What's your, uh, what is your numbers? What are you pulling? Oh God, you didn't make me do this publicly. Um, oh, yeah. so my last competition, I'll just give you my last competition's numbers because that's what I'm working off of now. So I had a 446 deadlift, but nice. it was, uh, I got off balance. So the, the bar had downward movement and that's a, that's a call on red light. So I didn't complete the lift. Uh, my squat was 336 um, and my bench was 232, I think. Nice, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's decent numbers for, for like local state standards. Um, it's, it's kind of impressive as, as like a small person. Yeah, but dude, that's, one of the cool that's things, very impressive. <laughs> well, one of the cool things about, and this is what I love about sport and not everybody has to do it, but the mental game, if you really, really pay attention to the mental ability that you're going through, you'll, you start to really notice how well that can translate if you allow it to, because I've done well with training for a really long time, but I have always beat myself up in every other arena of life. Um, mm. But being able to translate like that and, and, and actually seeing that my belief in myself when it comes to powerlifting is, is, is mind blowing, you know, and it's not about how fast I can get there. It's about knowing that I can get there and doing the small steps to, to charge forward, you know, like seeing the weaknesses. I know that there's issues with my shoulders and my lats and my bench. I know that there's, uh, there's, uh, issues with my core stability and my, um, my tension in my squat. So it's knowing that those are the things that are keeping me from actually being stronger than I want to, rather than, than, than limiting myself and saying, I can only be this strong. Mm, Does that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. And so does that recognition then bring you that recognition and awareness bring action as far as into the corrective side of like, okay, now this has to be part of what I'm doing to make those, those corrections and adaptations. Yeah. Because I see that as like, that helps me translate into my programming and figure out where I need to experiment and where I need to condition different parts of my body to, to amplify that ability, like to, to bring everything together, because those three lifts are compound lifts compound, meaning like it takes your full body to, to make that lift it's most ideal and i'm go ahead I'm I, have, I, no, I, I have a question for you are you yeah. at this point in in your career with doing this um are you interested or or driven or find exciting the outcome of improve of the lift of like okay i hit this number or are you now enjoying the um discovery of again Oh, okay. Here's this challenge. Here's this issue. Now I have a, a area to work on and like the project. Um, it definitely has become more of the project. Like I have, I have a goal. Uh, I have a hashtag on my, per- on my personal profile, of like 500 deadlift. Like that will be me. I don't, but I don't care at what weight, like I can't hold that much weight. Like 160 pounds is super heavy for me to, you know, as far as body weight, but I will pull that weight. I don't care what 
body weight I have. Okay. Um, yeah. but, be, but beyond that, it's like, how far can I get my body, my body to go? How, how efficient can I make it work? How mm-hmm. dialed in can I make everything work together in, in order to have that, that best way on that platform on that day, whenever that day comes. Dude, I love it. And this is again, you in the, now we're into back to the mental challenge mm-hmm. uh, or the mental benefits of physical challenge conversation. And I love mm-hmm. it because everything you just said there, if you removed it from just the exercise has tremendous value for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's dig. I know we kind of talked about this already, but I, I'm, I'm kind of curious now. So are you seeing examples of this in the people that you coach and the programming that you do? Because I feel like there can be a barrier there between the physical and mental, but if you open your mind to it, like how much it can, because I see these, these people that are physically fit and then you actually see how much they're, they're doing better in the rest of their life too. When in the opposite situation, when you're talking about, you know, the, the guys that are in business, that are doing really, really well. Um, they're, they're kind of off balance, like their, their physical games out, you know, and it's kind of affecting like their relationships and like their, mm-hmm. their, uh, ability to self-love and, and, and be confident and, and take care of themselves. Um, because there does seem to be this transferable energy that works really well when you get dialed in physically, if you're not doing it just to get somebody in bed, maybe. Although I did, I did have a client the other day on a call go, man, dude, my love muscle. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> it was, he goes, I, <laughs> he, de- he definitely was seeing some improvements in that area. <laughs> well, I, and you know what? I, I, maybe I shouldn't attack it because it's, uh, it may be a goal for other people. And maybe just because it's not my goal that it doesn't mean it's, it's wrong. Like we're, we're intimate sexual beings. Like, sure. You know, well, there's whatever. a, and there's a, there's a confidence piece there, right? Like, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, yeah. let's be fit. You know, obviously, um, there are men who like, you know, taking off your shirt and, and they're not going to feel confident doing that. And obviously you want to extrapolate that out to now with a woman or, or another man, like mm-hmm. in an intimate situation, like, yeah, that's going to create a challenge. So that is definitely a driver. Um, but, but to your, to your overall point, um, again, I think this goes back to the majority of, of guys I'm working with at this point, again, and the sounds, um, I don't mean this in a negative way, but like, I'm going to say their health and fitness at this point is below standard. So again, by bringing that up, man, the, the, again, if you're a 40 pounds overweight and you're not active right now, and you don't really have any semblance of control over your nutrition and you're not, you know, really moving much. And we start to integrate those pillars, everything improves. And again, this is the like exciting part for me because it's like the non-tangibles it -hmm. is. It's like that, that relationship with your spouse, your kids, like your energy, like all the, like, like, it's really fun to try to listen to somebody, try to describe what it feels like to just feel really good because it is this almost like mystical thing. But if you didn't know it was missing, it's really hard to quantify. And I think this is why every person who kind of or not every, but majority of people who get into a health and fitness practice, they do catch that bug. And I always joke that like, we become the most obnoxious people online, right? You're posting that you checked into the gym and you're (laughs) posting a picture of your meal and you're like telling everybody about it. And it's like, well, why? It's because they feel really good and they want to express that and like share that with people. It's not again, like, I want you to look really good too. Like me, like that's not what somebody's posting about. They're like, they're talking about how good they feel physically, mentally, like, again, just the whole vehicle. And I just, I just really reiterate, like, if you don't have that foundational piece in, like 
you don't recognize that there is something better because you are not even at the base of, of again, standard. And I don't mean that in any place from, uh, I'm not coming from a place of judgment. I've just seen the transformative property that that can have across the board. Well, and, and, and recognizing the actual potential of humans. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Because we're so far forward in, in the modern world, we forget what our, I think we're, we're kind of losing our connection to what, what our abilities actually are. Like, our ability to fight disease, our ability to be strong, our ability to, uh, to, to tackle fight or flight situations, you know, mm-hmm. our ability to survive and all these things that encompass that almost. Right? Dude, love it. Yeah. And this is where, again, there's this incongruency. Like you have to recognize like sitting at a desk, driving and commuting for an hour and a half, like mm-hmm. that is incongruent with your body's expectation as a human animal. It doesn't mean we should all go live and like be hunter gatherers, but you got to recognize like your body does have this innate desire to like, yeah, to be outside at times to again, physically exert itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, a lot of people, when they start off, it's like the idea of being like tired and fatigued from like a workout is really daunting to them. Like that's an uncomfortable feeling to where like that can be a welcome one down the road to be mm-hmm. like exhausted. Like it feels good to be exhausted because again, there is something that's honestly a bit normal about that. There would be times of physical fatigue and physical exertion, whether you're doing it from under a powerlifting bar or a hike. Um, But I think there's, there's value in that. And that's actually should be more normative than this feeling of like, oh man, I can't feel tired and exhausted and out of breath like that. Like, oh my God, I'm so out of shape. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm a fairly fit guy, but I'm going to lean into feeling that way too. Yeah, I'm not, I don't find that as a, I'm not looking at that as a bad thing. That's mm-hmm. part of the experience and the expression of, of, of being a human. It's like, go get exhausted. Fantastic. Be yeah. out of breath. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when you're starting, oh my God, I'm so out of breath. I'm so out of shape. And it's like, I can make myself feel just as terrible. It's just not terrible anymore. I'm, I'm looking at it as like, that was a good feeling of like, oh my God, to feel my lungs expanding and to be fully out of breath. Like that's a good thing. Well, and I think it's always going to look different to everybody. Like I will admit, like I have a, something that kind of regulates me that we have this, uh, we have this hike here in Boise, um, it's called table rock. It's, it's actually a rock that's like way above the city and it's got a big nice. cross on it and you can hike up to it. And I've always told myself, okay, if I get to the point where I have to stop to breathe on that hike, I'm out of condition. I can lift weights all fucking day, but yeah. you know, you know, what kind of, what kind of shape do you want to be in? You know, I I'm in good shape for my sport. Um, but I want to make sure that I condition well enough. Like I, I don't have any problems with somebody that's a cross country runner or somebody that's a crossfitter or, or somebody that does strongman or whatever, like whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a sport. You can, you can just practice it. And like, it can be your thing, whatever speaks to you. I think I push powerlifting all the time. Like, oh, just, just try it. Like, you're gonna love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I love jujitsu, and other people are like, dude, I don't want to roll around and be sweaty with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, <laughs> and right, and be worried about getting ringworm and staff. Like, yeah. So absolutely, to, to each their own. Um, and it's awesome that you found one that you know even better. It became a passion of yours, which mm-hmm. is really cool, right? Like, so imagine if you wouldn't have ever tried. Uh, powerlifting. So this yeah. is to me where it's like, man, think of all the things that like you could potentially try that could also move your health and fitness forward, move your mindset forward. And you experiment with one of these. And all of a sudden one of them, you might like, it might not just bring tremendous value, but it could bring passion 
right? You might, you yeah. might, might find something that you have absolutely fallen in love with. And, you know, like I have a friend who lives in Colorado and I just look at his Instagram and like, he is a hiker. And like, you know, if he wouldn't have moved from our hometown in Chicago or in a, in a Illinois flat, Iowa, mm-hmm. and it's like, maybe he would have never known that he's like, man, he's this amazing hiker and he does incredible, sees incredible views. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's just, there's so many things to try and you might find one that is, is um, again, passion, which is awesome. So as we kind of dialed down, what do you think is a really good way to, to help somebody stay consistent in this journey, like to, to, to be physically fit as, as a fitness coach. Um, what do you think helps the most in them getting started and like staying consistent? Yeah. So if we're going to get tactical, it would be, let's, um, let's set some, again, minimum standards that we're going to tackle and we're going to actually pull those probably back. I can't tell you how many times I've got on a, like an initial call with somebody like and starting off with too much. Yes. Um, so it's like, you know, realistic, like this would be a question I would ask realistically, how many hours or how many days can you dedicate towards exercise? Oh, oh and I, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, you know, I could do six or seven. I'm like, great. Okay. How has that worked in the past when you've done six or seven? Oh, it hasn't. So mm-hmm. again, like let's set the minimum standard and we can always increase from there. So again, maybe that's like, I'm going to work out twice a week this week. Beautiful. The minimum standard. And like, you have to hit the minimum. So if you're unsure, then it's one and you can exceed the, the standard, but you, you just, you got to hit it. And mm-hmm. so I would actually pull people back from some of, I think the extreme to build some momentum, because as you know, once you get into this and you start to actually feel good from it, it becomes pretty self-fulfilling mm-hmm. where the problem when you go too intense and you cannot maintain that is you're losing credibility with yourself. Yeah. You are becoming the guy or the gal who says, I'm going to do this and then doesn't. And now you've started to tether the idea that I'm somebody who can't exercise. Mm. I'm somebody who is overweight and you're, you're just creating a reinforcement that's going to be creating more challenge in the future. So scale it back, start a little bit slower than perhaps that you think you need to, and then ramp up from there. I, I can't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, and well, well like powerlifting is thing. like a, sorry, I was saying this real quick. Go ahead. Powerlifting would be the, the acute ex- extreme example of this, right? Yeah. Like imagine overshooting powerlifting where it's like, that's my first day. Let's try 225 on the bar. <laughs> right? like, well, you know, I, I think that it's, it's easy to find uh, disruptions when you're, um, when you're, you're into something, you know, I've, I've seen quote unquote fitness trainers. And maybe it's just because they're new or, or or whatever, or maybe they just want to get their name out, but they're putting somebody else's health at risk. And, you know, I've seen trainers try too quickly, you know, to try to get their, their clients to move forward. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, I, I haven't been a fitness trainer, so I'm not sure of like everything that actually goes into this, but I see a lot of people quit and I see a lot of people be on the verge of get hurting, getting hurt. And, you know, a lot of people, kind of use like the three compound lifts as like a good starting point too, you know, because mm-hmm. they're compound lifts, they use the whole body, but I've seen trainers push so hard because they want, they want their, maybe they want their clients to, um, to see the results fast enough that they hold on to them. Right. I so, think I see, so I see, I see them, you know, trying to cut down their weight as much as possible. They're cutting calories. And at the same time, trying to amplify their, their ability, you know, in their strength and everything. And people are getting injuries and like, they're, they're talking about how exhausted they are and everything. And it just doesn't seem fair to the actual client. Yeah. We don't, we don't even have time. This could be its own podcast or I would just 
go off oh, okay. on, well, there's on trainers. A, there's going to be a 2.0 then. <laughs> I mean, in, in short, you know, here's the reality. To become a personal trainer, it takes one book that you read that you could probably read in a week and then you take a test. And now you are a certified yeah. personal trainer through whatever accredited, you know, there's multiple ones that you could get. Oftentimes you are getting ex-athletes, people again, like, like myself who had a passion for health and fitness and maybe have good intentions of wanting to help people. Um, but really don't have, again, the, the experience or education. And, you know, I've probably been a dumb trainer in the past. Um, and you nailed it to where, you know, anybody can beat the hell out of somebody and make them feel hot, sweaty, and tired. That doesn't mean you got to get in productive workout. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes even for a client, they might think that that's what they need. And so, yeah, I think there's that pushing people to like, again, try to expedite a result. Like, great. Anybody can crash diet down. But are you going to be satisfied when you're actually 10 pounds heavier than when you started six months later? <laughs> so yeah, there, there, there's definitely a problem with that. And, um, this is where, you know, vet the person that you're going to work with, understand it is a long-term process. Um, and if they're not even having that conversation with you at that point, you're probably going to be in the wrong situation. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. If you- um, so what do you think, what do you want people to know the most out of, out of, out of all of this? Like what is, what is most important for you to get out there? I think the most important thing that I want someone to take away is to understand that they do have the capacity to correct wherever they are at. Meaning again, like, I mean, I need to lose 20 or 40 pounds or like, I'm really deconditioned. Like you have the capacity within you to make these improvements because again, getting healthy and fit is not going above and beyond. It should be more of thought of a baseline thing. So we all have this capacity. There is a way to make it fit within any circumstance that you have. Again, it may be different for different people. Busy, busy mom. Who's, you know, started running a startup. Maybe she doesn't become a professional power lifter, right? So you have to couple that understanding that you have the capacity. You can make it fit your circumstances. But the benefits, I promise you, far outweigh what you currently think they will be. Mm-hmm. You think you're just going to maybe lose 10 pounds and feel a little bit better. You're going to feel incredible. And the benefits are insane. So you have to understand it's not as hard as you think, but the benefits are even greater than you imagine. Dude, great way to put that. That's, that's fantastic. I get all the tinglys on the back of my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, it, uh, I, I know that you have, um, you have your own content and you have some programs. Can you tell everybody about what you got? Cause I know you got some free stuff too. People, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So if you head to livegreatlifestyle.com, um, you can grab the, um, busy entrepreneur's guide to building a lean body and it will kind of break down in a little bit more, um, succinct way. Some of what we spoke about today. So you can take that information, run with it, like put it into action, obviously coupled with some of the concepts we talked about here. Um, and then as far as, you know, coaching for anybody who does recognize that support would help them, um, they can reach out to me at Luke at live great lifestyle.com. Um, I can talk a little bit more in detail about, you know, my coaching method, the, the lean body method, and you kind of heard it here. It's, it's, um, helping you create some sustainable habits and actually driving that long-term weight loss. So this isn't a quick fix, I'm not going to beat the hell out of you. Um, we're going to create some actual sub- substantial change in your life. Dude, fantastic. Um, and I got a couple more questions for you. Um, if people 
have want to get an idea of where you come from. Who are your like influencers? Who, what have you read that's helped, that's helped you in your own life, even when it comes to, you know, mental, physical, spiritual health? Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, as far as like the, the, the uh, the people who have mentored me and made a big impact. Again, I mentioned, um, Sean Roback, uh, who is, is a chiropractor. Like that was, like when I say a chiropractor, like, wait, how did that help with fitness? Um, <laughs> this, this, we got to, I got to work with physical therapists, chiropractors, soft tissue therapists. Um, that was a really impactful, uh, met, I'm going to call it mentorship, even though I was <laughs> working and being paid. Um, as far as in the online space right now, people that I follow that I think are, are, great that if you're just looking to like fill your mind with some good stuff i love tom bilyeu of impact theory um you know some of some of his guests in the nutrition space can get a little crazy but overall <laughs> i i love what he's about um right now if you want to dork out dr andrew um huberman has an incredible instagram slash podcast he is a uh, stanford neuroscientist so talks sleep talks recovery like really loving everything about him right now. Um, so those are probably my, uh, my two big ones, as far as books that have kind of shaped me anatomy trains, um, is, is a good book on fascia. If you want to dork out, uh, Kelly star, becoming a supple leopard, um, was, was, is a great movement and soft tissue, uh, book. So those are two that I would always recommend as well. Dude, that's those great. are like, well, if you really want to dork out. <laughs> well, but I mean, that's, that's the beautiful part about it is like, if, if people feel the way you do, I don't even think it's dorking out. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's all just self-improvement now in, in whatever directions you want to go. So I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you brought it forward, man. Um, last question one that, that I asked, uh, that I ask everybody, which is, I mean, I love to hear these answers. What does it mean to you to be rebel-minded? So being rebel-minded to me at this point when I, in, in my space is stepping off the main path and being different and take that to the health and fitness arena what is normal in the United States right now? And it's like, Dude. again, it's, and this is, there's, is not coming from a place of judgment, but you know, this is overweight. This is deconditioned. This is mentally, maybe not as healthy as you'd like to be or as strong or as resilient. And uh, if you do not want to be that, you're going to have to be different. Like you're going to have to step off the path and take full ownership and adopt a little bit of that rebel mindset. So I, lo I love that, dude. I love the name of it, by the way. It's great. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I mean, we, we got a purpose here and we want to question as many things as we can. Um, and what are, where are the best places people, for people to find you right now? Uh, best place, uh, livegreatlifestyle.com. Um, that's on Instagram. But, uh, uh, you know, if you head over there, um, that will kind of direct you everywhere. Um, I also have had a podcast where I've interviewed, you know, Navy SEALs, uh, breathwork specialists, New York Times bestselling authors, um, professional fighters, Olympians, all sorts of, you know, amazing people in the health space. So if, if people want to dork out on some other, other concepts, um, they can check out the live great lifestyle podcast as well, but livegreatlifestyle.com. That's kind of center hub. Perfect, man. Luke, thank you again for being on the podcast. It was fantastic. Thank you all for being here. Stay strong and stay world-minded. This is your host, Zach. Out. Hey guys. I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.